Do you guys want to do some vocal, vocal warm-ups for a second? Yeah. yeah. I haven't done this Let's before. Let's do the, how, does, the, how does that work? Pastor Dan, well, you're in my vocal warm-ups. We'll be going to get breakfast burritos <laughs> yeah, okay. while these guys glug, 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 glug in I the corner. I like his. His yeah. is super fun to do. You don't do it? Oh, I do different yeah, ones, no. but yeah. What do you do, Christine? I've never oh, heard you. Oh, you do the... Me, 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 me. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief, a weekly Q&A show from Sandals Church. I'm your host, Justin Pardee, hanging out here, of course, with the PMB, Pastor Matt Brown, and we've got two guests for what is going to be, I believe, the most greatest episode <laughs> of this entire series on the Enneagram. We have Pastor Dan Zabardi, Christina Crowley, hanging out here with us. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us. And uh, do we get trophies at the end of this, <laughs> by the way? Because yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> We've got some on Pastor Matt's shelf. We will pull off for you guys. So today we're going to be talking about Type 3 the Achiever here on the Enneagram, and you guys are both Type 3s. Welcome to us. Pastor Matt, from this last weekend's message, you've identified you're a Type 3. Yeah, I'm all 3. I, too, am a 3, so we've got four 3s at the table. This episode has wings. Yes, this will be the most dishonest episode <laughs> in the history of the debrief. That's right. You know, there's a whole new section that Stephanie told me yesterday as she was preparing for the show. All these people wrote in and they said, there, there are so many questions about how do I actually be married to a three? Yeah. And I was like, if that, if I had any feelings, that would hurt them. But yeah, we're okay. Pastor Dan, Christina, can you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you. Christina, um, you're a friend of the show. Everyone knows you and loves you. This welcome is my back. second time here. Yes, Thank you back. very much. Um, my name is Christina Crowley, and I am uh, one of our worship leads here at Sandals Church. And I also have the privilege of overseeing our Rogo School of Worship with um, some of our other worship leaders. So that's what I do here at Sandals Church. Right on. Um, Dan Zimbardi, I'm the executive pastor here at Sandals Church, and I have the privilege to support and serve our staff and Pastor Matt Brown. His nickname is The Big Fish. That's what I call him. I, I also feel like the way that you described your role here on Sound Church is the threeest way of, of, of supporting and serving the staff. You're basically everyone's boss, except yes. for Pastor Matt mm -hmm. and... Uh, and the Lord Jesus. Well, and the Lord <laughs> Jesus. That, he's a given here at Sandals Church. It's true. Yeah. It's true. But that's, that's an excellent way of saving it, support, yeah, supporting you. and serving. So mm -hmm. that is true. awesome. Okay, Pastor Matt, we have a couple of Enneagram-specific questions Whoa. for you before we okay. jump into right. Style 3 questions. Last week, you started talking a little bit about wings and how they impact your style. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that? We had a couple people write in and say, what's this wing thing you've been yeah, mentioning? Yeah, so we don't, you know, at Sandals Church, we don't emphasize the wings nearly as much as uh, a lot of the Enneagram tools, resources, and um, kind of experts online. And, and because I think that uh, the wing oftentimes is overblown. And so what I would pay attention to on the test that we give is your highest scores. So instead of paying attention to the wing, look at the highest influences in your life. So let's say you have three styles that are over 90. That's way more important in who you are rather than say, um, let's say Christina's a 99.3 and a five, two. Okay. Mm -hmm. What that means is there's very little two close. in her life. So two, <laughs> so two has very, very little influence on her. So I don't think it's helpful for her to run around saying I'm a three wing two, because mm -hmm. that's not going to help me understand her. What's going to help me understand her is what are the, what, what scores in your life are over 90? Okay. So you have one that's over 90. Are there any that are over 80? And that's what I think sets the sandals church test apart 
because I think that we're looking at the infinite possibilities of who you are and no one is exactly like you. That's why even though I say I'm a three, I have, I'm a dominant three, but there's also some seven and some eight. I have a lot of seven and eight uh, in who I am and some four, which I think that's what you I'm are three, as well. So I have some four, which means I, I'm, I'm super, super uh, motivated to be successful and then depressed because I'm not. So that's how that works out in my life. So, so that's what I would say is so the wing. Um, uh, and, and here's what I would say is the beauty of the anagram is it starts off as this really, really mild personality assessment that dives into your uh, core motivation of your personality. And then I think there's a lot of ones who've taken over the enneagram and they want to make exactly certain who you are, and they've turned it into a science, which I think is really, really a sin against what the Enneagram is. The hmm. Enneagram is the first step into being real with yourself. And and here's the truth is, we're all going to have all of the nine personalities in us, um, and we need to look to those. And and for example, you said you joked, what was your two score? It was low, maybe 10. Okay, so 10. So what I would say <laughs> to Chris- That's honestly more than 10 times greater than mine. Yeah, so what I would say to both two. of you is, that's an area of your life where you need to look to raise that score, mm -hmm. because right, we serve a servant. Mm -hmm. So we, we need to come alongside that and say, how do I um, create opportunities in my life where I can find a way to love people through service? And so so those super, super low scores, um, we, we need to look at, as well as the high scores, we need to look at our healthy scores and our unhealthy scores. Mm -hmm. So that's what I say. So the wing is, uh, according to the internet and the experts, it is a um, kind of the creamer in your coffee. So uh, your coffee is your dominant style and your wing is your creamer. And so the way that you would look at that is, is what is the score? So for Christina, she said her two is a 10. She has very little creamer in her coffee. Mm -hmm. So what that means is the two really doesn't affect her at all. And what I would say to her, if I was uh, coaching her in, in the Enneagram is I would say, let's not even look at the two because that's just not going to help us understand who you are at all. Um, but the two is higher than your four score? No, my four is higher. Oh, so you're a three wing four. I'm a four. three wing four. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so that would be interesting. What's your four score? Forty or fifty. Okay, so it's so not, even that's even that's, yeah, that's a lower score. Mm -hmm. It's it's not even a, a medium score, um, but it does play a role in her. It means you know she can kind of disappear in her feelings. Uh, it means that she can get depressed. She can get sad. Um, she can get discouraged that maybe she's not as unique as somebody else. And so, so the three wing four wants to be successful and unique. Mm -hmm. So not only do we want to achieve, but we want yep. there to be no one like us, which you know, there is no one like you. And we'll get into that this week as we uh, tackle the personality of Saul, which a lot of fours aren't going to like that, but he is beautiful and he is amazing. And he was chosen by God. Mm -hmm. There's right. So we, we often think of Saul as the, the, the collapse of this story, but that's what happens to the four when they become overwhelmed with, I, I, I'm, I'm not the most special. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what happens to Saul as he compares himself with David. And, uh, and that's just a, that's, that's the death spiral for the four. So that's what I would say is your wing is just your wing. Pay attention to your score. And, um, we look at it like watercolors. They all kind of blend together mm -hmm. and, and that kind of makes up who you are. And the other thing that I've noticed is, is we can, we can gravitate to certain numbers in certain situations. Um, like for example, you know, like when I'm afraid or I, I, I feel, uh, in fear for my family, I don't gravitate to the six. I'm all eight. I am all power. I'm I'm going to kill, right? I'm going to destroy, and so that's I turn into the Hulk. That he's my favorite uh, comic character. <laughs> so I turn into the Hulk in that number, and so very few people get to experience the eight in me. But it comes when I'm afraid or I'm worried, and I need to be protector. So, um, but but I need to be aware of that because the eight is scary. 
And so um, I, I need to not be that way, especially raising girls. Um, I don't know how many times I've yelled. I'm not yelling. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I need to back that off. Um, I also have this seven. Uh, my wife's a six. My seven makes my wife afraid. So that's always interesting. Um, you know, we'll go to a party and she'll say, don't be funny, Matt, tonight. So, which, okay, <laughs> thanks. Um, you know. That's great. Oh, yeah. Don't be you. Don't, <laughs> right, yeah, right, be right, you, right. but not all you. Tone so, down the you. Yeah. Tone it down. And some of that is because my humor and my playfulness, you've experienced mm-hmm. it. Can, can I, I can tease. Uh, big fish. Sure. You know, I can, I, I can, ma- I, I make fun of people I love, and that doesn't always work out sure. well. So my wife's helped me see that that I need to, especially as my influence has grown, I got to be really, really careful with how I tease because people will take it to heart when I'm just being playful, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I can be hurtful. And mm-hmm. so my wife's helped me with that. So I don't want to be overly critical of that because she definitely was seeing some truth there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, like there you go. There's it. yeah. There's some information about the wings. Hopefully that helps you. I like the illustration of the watercolor, and I was thinking about it too. Like even the colors of the rainbow, the Roy G. Biv, right? You can be bright orange, or you can have a little bit of yellow, or you can have a little bit of red in you. Yeah. And uh, that makes you a different color. You a special butterfly. So <laughs> as we get ready to jump into talking about the three, Pastor Matt, can you talk to us a little bit about some of the things that are, are core for us to know about the three before we unpack how it impacts? Pastor Dan and yeah, Christina. Yeah, so, so, so the three, think um, really three words. Think achievement, so we talked about that, uh, success, and image. Mm-hmm. Those are the three words that really, really resonate to the three. So if those things are important to you, um, even if the three doesn't show up in your test, maybe you didn't take it accurately. If those three things are, are super important to you, so achievement, uh, success, uh, and image. So image often... Um, is the performer aspect of the personality. So I wanna, I wanna be on stage, I wanna be an actor, I wanna be a model. Um, you know, um, I, I wanna do something where I, I get applause. Mm-hmm. So success is more the, the, the business mindset. Uh, and that's where you gotta be really, really careful. So that's, that's the person that's gonna make it on Wall Street, they're gonna make it in real estate, they're gonna do that. Achievement is more academic. So I'm going to be, you know, magna cum laude, summa cum laude, I'm gonna graduate top of my class, I'm gonna be a doctor, I'm gonna be, you know, this or that. And so um, that's why we run into doctors who are not good at being doctors because they just wanted to achieve, mm-hmm. um, you know, or you get a real estate agent that's terrible at real estate because they just want to make money, right? They, so the drive is not, um, so a two would probably be a much better real estate agent than mm-hmm. a three yeah. because the two actually wants to meet your needs and take care of you, whereas a three just wants to make the money so mm-hmm. that they can climb the list and be number one in Remax or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, so success, achievement, and image. So those those are really the three. Talk things. about image. You didn't unpack that one right now yeah. as much as you did. So so images. Um, you know, Christine and I were talking about this before the show from an early age, and even Dan, uh, who's had some bizarre uh, fashion statements mm-hmm. over the years. I um, thought you were going to say photos on Facebook. We should just do a collage <laughs> of Daniel uh, over yeah, the years, yeah, man. It's yeah. just uh, or, or not. Yeah. <laughs> either way, we could do it either way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it. when Elton John was singing that song, it looks like Daniel. Right, 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 That's right, who right, it was. Man. Oh yeah. man, just had some funky yeah, clothes yeah, over the years and. Uh, and Dan was good looking, man. Oh, I mean, it was just thank beautiful. You. Yeah, I think it was the the mullet with the perm in the back. Yes. I think that was the, the hottest yeah. look I had. I think it was the fishnet tank top that did, yeah. that oh did it for God. me the most. Pink fishnet, yeah. cotton blue uh, blazer, yeah. right? White uh, leather dress shoes. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I, I like I've never who... had that thought. What the world needs to see is my nipples. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've never thought that, that in right, an outfit, right, that right, my nipples right. will make this outfit just. Or, in high school, my emerging chest hair. That, that's the other thing yeah. with the fishnet. See, I wanted yeah. chest hair in high school. <laughs> well, 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I had it. Yeah. As an Italian, I had it. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So image. So um, I'm going to let Christina talk a little bit about this, but I remember like, like my brother and I are, 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 are radically different, but my parents could address my brother in a brown bag to school. He did not care. It mm -hmm. did not matter to him. I hated the clothes I had to wear. Mm -hmm. It bothered me. I had a paper route when I was 12 years old so I could buy, I remember it was a Union Bay jacket in the 80s and they used to sell them at Mervyn's and they were $50, <laughs> right? Nobody Bring knows what Mervyn's is. R.I.P., yeah. rest in peace, baby. So, um, you know, I wanted, Levi, I wanted Levi jeans. I wanted a Levi jacket and those things mattered to me. That, that little red tag on your butt mattered to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wanted real Vans. Uh, what were the fake Vans? Airwalks? <clears throat> oh, there's Airwalk so. was a thing. Yeah, but they Air were cool when I was. Yeah, when, by you. your age, they were cool. At my age, it means not vans. That's what mm -hmm. they meant. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I wanted to dress the part because for the three, how I'm wrapped is who I am. Mm. And so, because again, right at the core, what I'm trying to cover is my shame. Mm -hmm. So I, I am not good enough to dress in. Kmart clothes. That that was the really lame place to to shop when I was a kid. Was Kmart the blue light special? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I just I just literally hated um, my clothes. And 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 the eighties was right when uh, sneakers started. Uh, tennis shoes started to like hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. that was the first time where they just had these ridiculous uh, price tags. Air Jordans. Um, Air Jordans. And so. <laughs> Um, I, I just was so wrapped up in, and, and what it comes from is I'm afraid that people won't like me unless I dress this way or people won't um, see me or appreciate me. And, and for me and the three, being cool is everything. Mm -hmm. I have to be cool, which I know for Dan and I, what we have to hear Christina's story, got us in a lot of trouble academically. Mm -hmm. And so um, because we wanted to be the class clown and that's mm -hmm. that image uh, or, or the performer, mm -hmm. I'm going to make everybody laugh. Well, what we're doing is we're making everybody dumb because we can't pay attention to the teacher, which also for us, and then I think we spend a lot of time in detention. Ooh, too much so, time. Yeah. So talk about image in your life. Yeah, I resonate with everything that you just said. Um, I don't remember a time growing up where um, that last look in the mirror before I walked out the front door was there. It, yeah. it just... Um, the words that are coming to my mind too is like, you've got to be it before you achieve it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so there was that whole like dress the part, look the part. I think I craved early on um, the need to be seen. Mm -hmm. um, I was complimented a lot. I remember compliments as a little girl, as I would get older. And so I think it started to create this, um, this craving that I didn't even know was happening. Mm -hmm. And so um, there was just kind of this idea too of like fake it till you make it as I was growing mm -hmm. up. And so you do, yeah. as long as I look okay, um, then I don't have to deal with what is maybe going on behind the scenes or inside. And, right. and I really put a high value, not so much on name brands, but I think how I presented myself mm -hmm. um, because I saw there, there was success when you presented yourself well, mm -hmm. it was acknowledged. And so it just kind of fed the beast. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about growing up and, and uh, the men in my family that I look to, looking back now, they're all very image conscious and mm. very image oriented. Thinking back to when I was a kid and uh, my parents were divorced and uh, this is a bit of a sad story, but dad's, dad's not paying child support because he's struggling, yet he's driving the brand new uh, yeah. Trans Am. Mm -hmm. See Smokey and the Bandit from the 70s? Yeah. So the T-top. That was a beautiful car. Oh, beautiful oh. car. And my dad had one. But yet he was he was broke. So it was about yeah. the image mm -hmm. for him. And I didn't understand that up until recently. Mm -hmm. 
that a lot of the men in my life were very image conscious. Mm. And I think some of my image awareness um, and being focused on image came from seeing the men in my life, that being a priority and a focus. Mm. Yeah. So when Tammy and I got married, um, we bought a house in Riverside, our house payment, this is taxes, insurance, everything, the whole bang, $612 a month. Wow. What do you think my car payment was? Yeah. 613. It was 685. (laughs) Wow. Our car payment was more, (coughs) excuse me, than our house payment. Mm. And I struggled deeply with, with cars and wanting them to, um, you know, portray something. And so I think part of the three for me, I was very small Mm. growing up. Um, when I was a kid, when you were on sports teams, the smallest number was always two. I don't know why that was. It didn't start with zero or one. Mm. I was number two mm. in every sport. And my mom would have to sew the uniforms smaller to mm. fit me. I mean, I just literally was mm. small. And so I'm the largest man in my family on either side. Mm. Wow. This is it. This is mm. the, the pinnacle of size. So I'm praying for my son that he gets mm-hmm. a little of his mother's uh, grandfather. He's six five. I'm like, well, we're hoping there's a little pence in you, buddy, mm. because the Browns. I mean, we're like little Irishmen. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's <laughs> what we are, dude. Small but mighty. We're like, we're at the we're at the end of the rainbow, man. But there's not a lot of height in our family, and so um, I mean, my uncles are little, like five six, five mm. seven. Wow. You know, my grandpa's the little old man, and I'm you know I just tower over them. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, man, I just felt so small. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to dress big. Mm-hmm. I wanted to look big. I remember in high school buying larges. Mm. What was I doing? Yeah. yeah, A large shirt. Well, it looked like a dress, but I, I, I look back at me and how I was dressed. And some of that was style, early 90s, but I was swimming in my <laughs> shirt, <laughs> you know? Um, and it was hard for me to come to reality that I'm a medium. Yeah. I had to saying that was hard because mm. I'm a three. I'm not a large, yeah. but medium. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was painful for a three. I want to be a lot. I'm going to be extra large. Yeah. I want to be a man. I think for me, thinking about image, I um, I think I was trying to get attention as I was growing up. And a lot of that was just based on not getting attention when I was young at home. And so I was seeking attention by presenting a certain image. Mm. And so I can look back now and just connect those dots that my image, uh, the desire for presenting a certain image, people would like me for that image. They would give me attention because I was starving for attention as as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the things I really love about the Enneagram is it goes so much beyond this is your number, these are the tools that you use, but they really encourage you to get in touch with your story mm-hmm. and be curious about the things yeah. that have happened in your life, your family of origin, places where you adapt. Um, I think the three is very adaptable because we. Yeah we got to figure out how we can uh, be successful and achieve in the environments that we're in. And and where does that then come from? Um, So I just love that the Enneagram doesn't just kind of label you as its number, but, but the process of what we're doing even here with the self-discovery series and, and how you're leading us is to understand where those things come from and the value that we attach to them Mm -hmm. so we can move forward in a healthy way and also be real about that broken part. Yeah. In us. Well, and, and let me say this is I, I don't think we became threes. I think God made us threes. Mm-hmm. What we've become is adaptive, unhealthy mm-hmm. threes. And that's yeah. what we want to change. We don't want to change the beauty that's in us. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like my drive, my desire to uh, grow the kingdom and see people saved and get excited about 519 people. That's not wrong. Right. What I need to change is my motivation. Yep. So, um, you know, right. 
look what I did, that's sinful. Look what God's doing, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so look what God's doing through us and look what God can do, right? The three sees hope. There's something different. We can we can do a, a different church. We can we can build a church that's meant to be real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um we don't have to be fake. Right. We don't have to do that. We we can talk about our struggles. And so um so whatever number you are, don't don't, you know, be ashamed of that number, yeah. embrace it and know that God's designed you that way and you reflect some of his beauty and he wants to heal, you know, your brokenness. So I'm like a really bad three. I have a hard time looking at the other numbers and thinking <laughs> that there's something beautiful about them. Like I've always, I've told Lindy, like, listen, if we're going to, we're going to raise our kids, if they're going to have an issue, like a deep driving motivation and need, it, I would far prefer it be the need to succeed uh, than anything else. Mm -hmm. They're going to have issues, but at least they'll be successful and can afford counseling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell true. you in a household of no threes mm. other than myself, it's really, really hard. Mm. Um, I have to <clears throat> constantly place my expectations in reality yeah. and embrace them where they are because, you know, there's there's nobody yet in our house that wants to change the world, conquer the world, you know, um, th th that's just not where they are. And I've had to, you know, relax with that and been deeply frustrated, you know. Um, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, one of my daughters uh, literally at the state championships in the state of California was in third place until the finish line. And they actually, third, fourth, fifth crashed and crossed the finish line in a cloud of dust. To this day, I don't know who won. I don't mm. think the state of California knows who won, but they declared Kennedy in uh, fourth or fifth place. I can't remember. But in, in the largest state in, in, in the union, she got fifth in the state. And I was like, oh man, you're going to go to the Olympics. And, yeah. and she just was like, eh, quit. And that was it. <laughs> so that was really, really hard for me because I was like, you have an opportunity to be great. And she's like, yeah, but I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and she's my four, Yeah, you know, um, she doesn't want to be on a mountain bike. She wants to be unique and in a flower and in a field. And so I, I just, I've had, I've had to deal with that, but, and, and, and appreciate the beauty of the numbers of my family. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I do appreciate that um, because they all tell me how they feel, that nobody's lying to me, which mm -hmm. is rough sometimes. They're telling me exactly what's going on and in their life. But especially if you're a three as a parent, you have to make sure that you don't overwhelm your kids because your drive is not their drive. And oftentimes I think the sin of every parent is recreating their image. Uh, and totally. your kids aren't created in your image. They're right. created in yeah. God's image. Mm -hmm. And so you need to allow them to be who God's created them to be. And, um, and that's what I've, said to my kids, I want you to be whoever God's created you to be. And I want to help steward that. Um, now I want them to be the best they can be. So the best four, um, you know, the best eight, nine, the best, I just found out my son is uh, a five, four. So, you know, um, and always when I don't know, it'll be interesting when we interview the fives, whenever I can't read somebody, it's always a five because mm -hmm. that's just the five. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. So my unhealthy three came out. My son, I was at my son's soccer game on Saturday. It was the second game of the season. And halfway through the game, I'm thinking, we need to pull him. We need to pull him. We need to end the season. The second game of the season's almost over, and he hasn't scored a goal yet. Oh, yeah. We need to end this thing. Yeah. He's done. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, when I was seven, I had like 10 goals by the second. You know, it's like unhealthy three yeah. on, on display for everyone right there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, threes can be really, really – the two most overwhelming personalities are the three and the eight. So – um, we joke at Sandals that those are the personality types that you need to have a helmet with. Yeah, when you go yeah, into so a meeting. You go into a meeting yeah. with a three and an eight. So, sure. um, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about more more about how being a three actually is and what it's like and how that's impacted you. As we've started talking more about these styles, learning more about the tools, how has finding out that you're a three, what that means, 
been of benefit to you? What have you learned about yourself? Well, finding out that I was a three initially, um, it helped to, I think, put some peace and calm and some validity to the things that I've already kind of felt about myself. So, Because um, you knew you were going to be successful? <laughs> I think knowing that, like, knowing that threes would rather lead than follow, like mm-hmm. seeing language like that helped kind of put some reassurance that I wasn't just always trying to go against the grain. Um, having vision, vision, something that I can think about in my life ever since I was younger, just like needing to feel connected to something, but also like, what's the vision within the vision? Like if, if I don't see vision or feel vision, it's really easy for me to check out. And so, um, the, the hard thing for me was realizing that the lying piece mm-hmm. is, is part of the three. I would never have, um, considered myself a liar. I think truth is super important. I also have a lot of high one in me. So lying is wrong. I don't lie, but I think realizing that, um, omitting information or dressing up something to make it look better or appear not authentic is just as deceitful mm-hmm. as an outright, let me tell you something completely different than the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I think that has been a hard thing for me to embrace of like, where do I exaggerate? I do exaggerate things. I mean, there are times where I'll, I might tell a story and I'm like, why did I say that there were 20 people there when there were 10? There was no reason yeah, oh, to do that. that. Yeah. Like, like yeah. where does that come from? And, mm-hmm. and knowing that the root of that is probably to embellish and to make something appear better than it actually is. Um, so that's been really a hard thing and like a, a gross place, mm-hmm. honestly, in, in me to go, what does that come from? Why do I do that? How do I keep that in check? Um, but also celebrating um, that I do love to accomplish things. Like I want to move the ball forward. I, I want to be able to help be a part of solutions. Um, so being able to balance the two is difficult, but mm. awesome as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I took the test and started reading up, I, everything resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I really appreciated uh, what I was reading because it, it, expl- it helped me to understand myself. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I think there's, there's parts of it that I struggle. I, I think that when I look at uh, the explanation of the three, healthy and unhealthy, I understand it. I agree with it. But that the self-deceit part, I think, is still difficult for me, too, to mm-hmm. say, yeah, that's that's really something that I struggle with, that that sin of omission, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm still wrapping my head around it. Uh, I think it's true. I think it's just being real. I just think it's difficult for me to to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. And um, because it, it, it feels like the sin of omission is a more okay sin. <laughs> and it's not, obviously, right? You know? Mm-hmm. And so um, so I think that's something I'm still wrapping my head around. But um, man, I just I want to understand myself better. So ultimately, I can relate to God and people better. Mm-hmm. And so the Enneagram has been awesome for me to just understand myself better. Pastor Dan, do you have well, questions? Well, I was just going to say is, I, I think, again, we, we have to start with the three. The primary person the three lies to is themselves. And so w- what they're calculating in every relationship and every situation is what's the win. Mm. So, so the reason we lie is, is if I confront this, I might lose. I might lose status, I might lose relationship, I might lose whatever. I remember when Tammy and I were in counseling together, it was so terrifying for me to share the depths of my frustration um, because that's scary, because it, it, it might mean divorce, it might mean uh, a prolonged fight, like, right? So it's, it, it's just really, really hard to, to, to be open and to be honest because I'm looking for the win. And so, um, um, so what I do is I stuff. And I, and I overlook and I, you know, and, and you only do that for so long and then it comes out. 
because um, truth is going to come out. And so th- that's what, you know, even in, re- in relationships with my family or, or, or good friends, you know, just not being honest because, you know, I'll just tell myself there's no point. Um, they're not going to listen. I mean, I can talk myself out of the truth all day long and um, I just have to be aware of that. So I have to really then take a step back and say, okay, you know, yeah, this might be a loss in, in the win-loss column, but is God calling me to speak truth into this situation? Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, we're like the one is always going to speak truth regardless of consequence mm-hmm. because, you know, and maybe, you know, nuke the whole family, mm-hmm. but they spoke the truth, which is, and that's why they need a three to say, okay, well, let's evaluate the strategy mm-hmm. of how we speak truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's what I think Jesus is saying is when he says, be as wise as a serpent and as innocent as a dove is, we don't just speak truth. We need to speak it in love and at the right time and in the right way. So, um, and again, also for me, the way that I lie is I'm so goal oriented. I don't check in with my heart and I can't tell you how, like literally I, I'm in this um, Ironman, we're in Vegas, it's blazing hot. I'm running up this hill and I have this epiphany and I can't describe it to you where I realize I don't even, I don't even enjoy this. Mm-hmm. This is not fun. What have I done with the last six months of my life? Mm. Because I've been so focused on achieving a time, achieving status, I'm working my butt off to do something I don't even like. And that's the three. I've not checked in with myself. I've not been honest with me. Um, I've, not, I've not had some self-talk. I've not, I've not checked in with the heart issue. And, and that's a way of lying. You're just, you're, you're, you're just mm. completely ignoring how you're feeling, what you're thinking, what's going on. And I think that's wrong for the three, the three. And again, when Tammy and I were in counseling, um, the two guys just kept asking, how does it make you feel? And I was just like, stop asking me that. Yeah. What, what the heck? We're here for Tammy. What's wrong with you guys? And they knew based upon my 99 unhealthy three score, they're like, this guy's living in La La Land. And, um, you know, and, 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 what is LA? Land of actors, La La Land. It's completely fake. It's false. It's not real, um, and uh, it's not all, everything you thought it would be. Yeah. And how do you, how does that make you feel? What's going on in your life when your dreams are crushed? You know, you're not as talented. You're not good enough. Yeah. Um, because that's that's the reality for the three. Is you might be more talented than everybody you know, but that doesn't mean you're the most talented. Sure. Yeah. And so we live in a world now where the wool has been pulled away, you know, we, we can see on yeah. the internet. I mean, literally right before our eyes, the most talented people on earth are doing it in front of us. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm, you're really good, but you're not that good. And that's a nightmare for the three to come to grips with. Mm-hmm. And, and um, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Three, threes tend to struggle connecting with and articulating with their feelings. And as I read that, I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's me. And it's because feelings get in the way of achieving our goals. Mm. And so, um, so that, that was another thing, just understanding my scores and how I'm wired, that I need to be more in touch with uh, my, my feelings. I mean, sometimes I'll say, uh, my wife and I'll be having a conversation, and actually she'll be the one that says, did I hurt your feeling? It's kind of a singular thing. <laughs> you know, like I've got that one feeling, and maybe, maybe it was stepped on. And so, but that's an area I need to grow in, is just being more self-aware of how am I feeling? How am I doing? And then being able to articulate that to the people around me who love, love me and care for me. Yeah, Tammy used to say, literally, you don't have feelings. She would say that to me. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that made me mad, but I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. 
And it's because I wasn't, I wasn't open or on. And she just literally thought I was like a superhero that was impervious to hurt feelings. And it's just because I was a really unhealthy three. I was so focused on achieving that I was missing out on feeling. And so that makes a three really hard to be intimate with, to connect with. Um, And it's really, really hard for people. So people are drawn to threes, right? Oh my gosh, you're so amazing. And then they get close and they don't like, they don't like it. Oh, I like you on stage. You're a lot better on stage than you are in person. Um, And so we have to deal with um, being, and and, and, you know, I I deal with this all the time, these incredible megachurch pastors who are just phenomenal on stage and you get with them and you're like, oh, well, there are super unhealthy threes. It's, you know, performing is one thing, but you know, being in relationship with, with someone is entirely yeah. different. And, and um, that's what my wife was saying. You know, she was young. She didn't know how to say, I want to connect with you emotionally. I feel like you're emotionally unavailable. And she's right because I'm, you know, the, uh, the illustration I use, and I don't think I use it in every service, is she actually said it was, was really powerful. My wife, God gives my wife, um, uh, she says she's not good at uh, story. She's trying to work on that and communicating. I think she's really good with me. She's, she just needs to translate that gift with me to communicating to mass groups. But she just said, she said, I feel like, you know, you're, you're, you're in the car that says just got married and you're blazing down the street. And she says, and I'm the cans in the back, just, you know, just getting destroyed. And I just thought, gah, what a picture of what a three does to the people mm-hmm. that they love is, you know, man, we're going places fast. Look at what we're doing but we got casualties in the mm-hmm. back and um, the three can be really, really oblivious to the carnage that takes place for those who, who love them. And, um, and it's just, it's just rough. And I just thought, wow, I need to connect with that. I need to apologize for that and um, really, really be aware of how people that I love are receiving me. Uh, my wife's really helped me with that receiving uh, real, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and just learning to apologize. And, 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 and I think for me as a three being genuine is a full-time job. So being present, um, uh, you, you know, the whole thing, glad handing, you know what that is like politicians mm-hmm. kissing mm-hmm. baby. I mean, I, a three, we can do that all day long, <laughs> all day long. It doesn't exhaust us at all. And it actually energizes us, but it's not real. Mm-hmm. So sitting down, connecting and just really, really saying, okay, here's where I'm at. Um, that's, that's really, really difficult. And, uh, what's so sad is most of our leaders are threes, yeah. they're threes or they're eights. And so they're not real. Right. And, um, and that's why we're devastated. Um, you know, like w- one of my, uh, pastors that I look up to, you know, he's having multiple affairs, mm-hmm. like, like not one, but like multiple. And it's just like, what is going on? Well, there are three mm-hmm. They're They're leading the world to heaven, but personally they're in hell. And it's like, man, that's what the three can do is you mm-hmm. can be completely disconnected, um, be so goal oriented, but your, your, your physical goals are separate from your spiritual and your emotional goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we need to do as a three is have spiritual and emotional goals. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel today. I'm going to worship today. I'm going to connect. Yeah. Can I add to that real quick? One of the things that's been helpful for me in connecting with my feelings is first of all, realizing that it's not going to feel good when I start that process. And so I think if they're like, for some of those who are listening, who have high three um, giftings or is, is to know when you start that process of asking the question, you know, what am I feeling? It's not going to feel good initially at all. For me, how that has translated in small group. Um, We were in small group for, for years together. And I, the conversation driving home with my husband, when I would finally share something about my personal life, 
the conversation would always go, what do you think about what I shared? How was that received? What do you think people mm. felt about mm. that? And mm. it was this, like, it felt good to have a place that was safe to share, but then the back end over processing of now, what are people thinking? Am I really going to be loved and embraced if I wasn't okay in that moment? Mm-hmm. Um, was something that was just a huge red flag for me. Like that mm. I, I'm not okay. Mm. So I think for the for the three, they need to be able to be uncomfortable, just putting themselves in the position of being uncomfortable to feel. Um, and, and it's clunky. It's clunky to mm-hmm. start when you begin that process. But um, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm not sure if that's a, how to move forward. I just know for me, if, if anybody resonates with the constant over-processing, you've probably got some high yeah, That, that <laughs> makes me think that um, as a three, when I'm asking the question to others or myself, how did I do? I'm probably in an unhealthy place. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That that's what, what you just shared. Because mm-hmm. I think I do that. I'll I'll do the, I'll process to me. How, how did I do? How did I do on the debrief today? Mm-hmm. Or I'll ask, Hey, how did it go? And to me, that's that's me trying to figure out how did I do relative to the image, and that that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So it's good. It's a good question for uh, I think threes to think about when they're when they're asking that question. They're probably in a place of unhealth. Right. And so typically, you know, threes, when we're unhealthy, we run to the unhealthy part of the nine, which is to avoid conflict. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really hard for us because conflict creates loss. And that the three doesn't want to lose. The three wants to win. And and oftentimes when there is conflicts and we're sharing how we feel uh, or there's some ugliness, right, there's fallout. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the three always wants to win, win, win. That's Mm -hmm. what we want. And sometimes in conflict, that's not there. And so especially in our intimate relationships with kids, our our spouse, our parents, our close coworkers or friends, man, fallout is really, really, really tough. Um, And what I've learned if you're a three is fallout is inevitable. So you you have to choose um, to do the right thing and, and, and let the spirit of God move through the conflict. But man, I have avoided conflict and avoided confrontation and lost relationship. So, and, and, and let me tell you as a three, how I've lied specifically uh, as a pastor to staff is I have withheld the whole story to try to not hurt and maintain status in relationship. And literally staff have said, I feel like you lied. And at first I wrestled with that. And then I just had to just come back and say, you're right. I did. Um, you know, and so what it would look like is um, this person's kind of going to be your boss rather than this person is your mm-hmm. boss. So in order to try to avoid, see the unhealthy nine hurting yeah. feelings, I'm not honest. And then I've just transitioned. And, I, and ultimately what happens is that person is going to figure out the truth anyways. Yeah. And then they leave and they think I'm a liar. So it's just better to say, here's the decision mm-hmm. I believe in. And this person's going to be your boss. I understand that that's hard. I love you and appreciate you. And then when they leave, they leave mad, but they don't leave thinking right. Matt's a liar. They just leave thinking, I don't agree with Matt. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine. That's yep. that's a much better place to be as a three. Learn to have those hard conversations. So the two main leadership components are the three and the eight. The eight doesn't struggle with the hard conversations. Mm-hmm. The eight struggles being gentle. Mm-hmm. The three is so focused on being gentle, it becomes lying. It's deceit. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you everything I'm frustrated with or everything that I think needs to change because what I need to maintain in this conversation is your image of me yeah. rather than the decision that needs to take place. It's the omission again. Yeah, it's yeah. the omission. And yeah. that's where I found, um, hmm. you know, my leadership to, to really be lacking and, and my integrity to be called into question. Yeah. And I've just had to 
fully commit to the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, like literally if you're a three, you just have to just like anchor yourself to the truth. And you say, look, I I might die in this relationship, but I'm going to die with the truth. And there's not going to be any omission of coulda, woulda, just literally speak that truth. Um, and, uh, and, and let me just say this also, if you're a three, if you're engaging in a real conversation, I've learned to ask, do you want me to be real? Mm-hmm. I ask for permission to speak truth. And that helps me in that way, because then sometimes people are like, no, nah. like, okay. Conversation looks different. Yeah, conversation looks different because people need to be ready for real, man. If you just come out and say, you want me to be real with you? Oh, well, that's usually a fight. But if you say, would you like me to share how I, I mm-hmm. see this situation? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's what I see. Um, and then just remind them, you asked for it. There you go. And so I think that's really, really helpful. <laughs> okay. So we have a ton of questions that have, people have written in either about being a three or being in relationship with one. Before we get into those, I want to ask one last question, just kind of about our own lives and experiences, which is what are some steps that you've taken to kind of pursue the healthy side of being a three and grow um, in health with the knowledge that you've got from Enneagram? Yeah. Mine is easy. No secrets. There's no, there can be no secret life. So, um, my wife knows everything I look at on the internet. That's not always awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had to have some, some, some pretty ugly conversations about some things I've clicked on. Um, you know, every one of us is one or two clicks away from being stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've really, really got to, to monitor that. Um, she has access to all my phone, all my appointments. I just don't do secrets. Secrets I've learned are very, very dangerous for me. Because what I the unhealthy three in me gives me permission, mm. permission to indulge, and maybe that's the unhealthy nine um, yeah. in me um, is just saying, well, you know, I've done really good here, so I deserve this, and so I just have had to completely obliterate any secret life because that's what God had to save me from. So when I go to the cross, right, Jesus says, if any man or woman would follow me, let him pick up their cross. My cross is the secret life. So I always was great at looking great. Like I'm never going to be stupid in front of you, but I'm going to have, and that's why porn had a real hold on my life early on um, because it's secret. And I've just had to literally say, I'm going to live in the light. I'm going to walk in the light as he is in the light. And when I mess up, I'm going to immediately confess regardless of the consequence. Um, And that's ugly and that's hard. And that usually, right, creates... A mess, but man, if you're a three, secrets are exhausting. It's it's I, it is exhausting. And 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 when you live in the light, as God's in the light, you sleep better, you live better. You just it's just it's just better. Take it from someone who lived in the darkness. Trust the light and don't have secrets. And just know that here's what I've learned: the truth, man, always comes out. Like everybody wants to believe in conspiracies. Nobody's that talented. No. <laughs> Nobody's that talented. Our government can't even do the right things right, much less cover up all the wrong things. The truth comes out. And when it comes out, it's bad. So just share it. It's better uh, to just share it. And as, as bad as that is, it's better for you to be honest with the person you've lied to for them, than for them to find out from someone else. Because here's the problem with them finding out from someone else. You didn't share truth. You got caught. That's rough. And that creates instability. Uh, you know, relationships are fragile mm-hmm. and the truth is the bedrock of relationships and uh, trusting. So, um, man, that was, I just got that on my podium. Good. No, that was, that's no good. secrets. That's, yeah. uh, can you ask a question again? 
Yeah, I'm just wondering what... My answer confused Dan. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Okay. It's very it profound. What steps that you've taken that have helped you be healthy as a three? Yeah, I think for me, it's it's been reframing uh, success. Mm. Reframing success around my life with Jesus. Amen. Um, and, and this really goes back to when I first came to Sandals, I don't know, maybe 14 years or so ago. I remember listening to one of Matt, the first messages uh, at Sandals and... Uh, Pastor Matt said something like, from the platform, he said something like, I- I've got this huge goal in my life, uh, and it's a huge priority that my kids would grow up to know, love, serve, and worship Jesus. And and in that moment, it was like the Holy Spirit like rolled over me with a with a dump truck, mm-hmm. and then you know looked back and then backed over me again, you know, because my big goal or my goals are, were defined differently when I thought about success. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14 years ago, very much around, you know, money and status and and all the, you know, uh, material things. And so what I've had to learn is I had to reframe what success looked like around Jesus and around uh, what God's word tells me success is. Mm -hmm. And that, I think it's hugely important for threes, especially for people that are very successful in the world, um, that you've got to really reframe it and position success as something looking very different than perhaps what you've defined it in the past. So, so I'd say, I, and I continue to work on reframing. So for me, you know, m- really my, my goals in life really ar- uh, revolve around being faithful to my wife till mm-hmm. the end, number one, and two, the same thing, my kids knowing, loving, and, and serving Jesus. Those are my big goals for my life. And, and they may not sound grand for lots of people, but for me, that, that's where I'm at. I've just tried to reframe success around, around that. Yeah, and I think, you know, Dan and I, we, we rub elbows with, you know, very, very successful, wealthy people in our church. And um, I think for the three in us, sometimes it's hard because we're smarter than some of those people mm-hmm. and we're more talented mm-hmm. than some of those people. And you have to, you as a three, you have Not to- Not the ones go, listening to this show. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, some of them. Uh, we, have to go, we, we have to go back. We have to go back and say, what is success? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is success? And again, success is 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 doing God's will in your life. You know, uh, you know. Think about you know. Every, I hate it when Christians say we're not under the law. You need to read the law. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, be obedient to me, and you will be successful mm-hmm. in all that you do. God, it's just the law is beautiful, and and it, it it's meant to guide us and direct us and and show us what's right. Um, you know that fruit in the garden. It looked good to Eve, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it didn't turn out well. Um, so it's just the three has to constantly go back to the Lord and trust the Lord. And, and I think you just really have to say, okay, what do I want? My goal is not to be wealthy, mm-hmm. not to be famous. My goal is to be married to the same woman, mm-hmm. uh, to love her, to be devoted to her, to love my, the children God mm-hmm. gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the three probably has some suggestions for God mm-hmm. on terms of what are yeah. kids, We what have opinions like. on things? Yeah, yeah, with some opinions, some strong opinions. Um, and love the kids that that God has given us, and help direct them to love and serve Jesus. And and you know, not not all pastors' kids love and serve Jesus. Right. You know, not all missionaries' kids love and serve Jesus. And you have to be as devoted as a three to your family as you are to your mission. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe it's your first mission. And some people get confused. And so I don't want to win the world for Christ and lose my kids. Amen. So. Real quick, I would say the thing I'm working on is being present with people. Um, I think for me, mm-hmm. I, I, especially in, in when I'm in work mode or, or doing things at the home where I have a task I want to complete or something to do, 
uh, people can actually be a big barrier, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is is not helpful, uh, especially in ministry and 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 so I, even with my husband, just trying to be very present when we're together, we kind of have this um, saying: "Be with the one you're with. Be with the one you're with, without grabbing the phone, without um, checking the email." Um, so just some d- disciplines that I'm trying to practice, e- even in, in, here at the church. If somebody comes over to talk to me, you know, my laptop is usually always open, but closing that, mm-hmm. um, not being distracted, you know, or, or partial attention, you know, being with with that person, eye contact. Um, yeah. And just my kids, my husband, just really valuing the person mm-hmm. over what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You're so good at that. That's why I think I did. I was surprised when I found out you were three. You're very good. You're, you're just probably very healthy, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. well. You're very, you're very with, okay. Here's a question from Carrie. Uh, she says, I am three to the core. It's easy for me to get and stay on task and get stuff done, but I find it so hard to not place these same expectations on other people. I sometimes think my boyfriend friends can be so lazy and seem unmotivated to accomplish much of anything, and it frustrates me. How do I not place these expectations I have for myself on other people and not judge them or get frustrated when they don't see things the way I do? So I would just say dump him and and, uh, get an achiever. I'm guessing (laughs) that's not how you guys are going to advise it. Here's what I believe is everybody can do a little bit better. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, eventually I'm hoping that we will do some some church conferences and I want to do a church growth conference. Now, not every church can grow like Sandals has, but I believe every church and every person can grow 10%. Give me 10 more percent. Find 10 more percent through efficiency, through effort, through training, through whatever. And so, you know, my job as a three is to motivate people to be the best that they can be. So they might not be a three, um, you know, like, so motivating a nine, a nine's never going to run at my pace, but a nine is going to be able to have some impact that I can't have. So how do I help them to run a little bit faster so that they can accomplish uh, the optimum amount for them as a person? Um, How do I soften the eight so that they don't run over people and and lead well? You know, how do I get the five out of their head? Um, How do I, um, motivate the four to not be so emotional that, that, you know, they can't get out of bed in that morning, but that they, they just relish in the individual that they are and connect with people's heart, right? Help that two to serve more efficiently, uh, help the one to delegate, right? Mm-hmm. Cause the one's going to do it perfectly, which, uh, you know, the challenge of the one is they don't always lead well because they can do it better than everybody else. And so how do I get that person to just be 10% better? Just, just, just a little bit better. Uh, that satisfies my need for efficiency, mm-hmm. For you know, for well, the five's competent, but I like competency. Um, you know, uh, to get things done, and so that that's what I would do. Is, is as a three, part of how God's wired you is to be a motivator, um, but you need to be a successful motivator. And so, I would say for years I was an unsuccessful motivator with my wife. Every th- every time I was a coach, it was criticism, and so like that's a me problem, right? The coach's job is to tap into the player's heart and connect with what motivates them. And so you can't blanket coach people. And so how do I encourage uh, my wife? I, you know, we didn't have the Enneagram training, so I wasn't aware of the constant negative voice of criticism in her own head. So, right. So I have to get at that negative coach and say, no, you are amazing. You are awesome. You are incredible. And encourage her to do, you know, what she wants to do and to be everything she's been called to be. And, um, you know, like, so my wife's a six, so she, public speaking is terrifying for her. So this week I said, listen, God's given you a word because she doesn't have confidence in herself, but she does believe in God. Mm-hmm. God's given you a word. Let these women hear this word that God's given you. 
So that was my that was my encouragement. Get out of the way and let them hear what God has to say. And I heard, you know, she didn't allow me to come. Mm. I asked. She did great. Yeah, was, that's what I hear. Yeah, was I was not invited. So, um, <laughs> which I understand, I can be intimidating. I mean, I'm I'm as I become more and more real with myself, I understand um, how intimidating. I remember one time I, I visited a church, and in the middle of the dude's sentence, he said, and Matt Brown's here on the front row. And I was like, oh God, I'm not sitting on the front <laughs> row again. So, and I remember like when Rick Warren would come and he sat oh, on the front yeah, row and I was yeah, like, Ugh. yeah. So, um, so, so what I would say is don't deny what God has made you to be as a three, you're a motivator, you're an encourager, you're, you know, you, you want to see people succeed and you want people to be successful. And I think just know this, people follow threes. Mm-hmm. They do. Everybody wants to be the best they, well, most healthy people want right. to be the best they can be. Right. Motivate those people. And as a three, let the people that don't want to be motivated, um, it's why you, I can't do homeless ministry. Mm. I cannot do it. Maybe twos can do it. I can't do it. I, you know, I, I can't look at the same person every single week and be like, you can do it. You can. And, <laughs> and six years later, mm-hmm. I'm serving you a meal. I, that's not me. I want to find that person that wants to change that wants to be different, that wants to get out of their situation. So find those people because as a three, those are the people that f- fuel you. Mm. Those are the people, man. They, you know, they, they're gonna they're gonna make you just get excited. That's what motivates me. Life change. My favorite part is hugging people in the lobby who say, "This church has changed my life. This church has saved my marriage. This church has done this. This church is, you know, like the, how God has used Sandals Church." And you know, there's always people. Well, it's all God. Yeah, but He used us. Mm-hmm. So that's what motivates me. How is God using us? So I would say, um, th- okay, read your question again. I thought I actually think you totally cared. Okay. You, you, you mm-hmm. landed it. That was yeah. great. That was yeah. super helpful. Did you say I cared? You cared for her. Okay. Like I think you, ca- I think <laughs> you cared for this lady. Did you feel like you were caring as you were? Not now. Her? Now you guys are like <laughs> criticizing me. Uh, also, her name was Carrie, so maybe oh, my brain. Yeah, uh, Carrie, I love you. We gotta hang out. Yeah. Was getting confused. Great. Could I add one thing? Let's or go change the world together. Yeah, do it. I think an, another thing, um, just off of that question, is um, the role that honor plays in each other's giftings, and um, I know sometimes as a as a high three, I, I always have an opinion about something and I have no shortage of ideas from like wanting to kind of communicate my opinion. Um, but the need to create space for others to maybe talk first, um, not always be the one to insert right away. I think honoring each other's giftings helps put yeah. me in my place. Yeah. Um, like I don't, I don't always have the, 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 the best next suggestion. I know that, especially with the people that I work with, there's so much talent um, and gifting in one another. And so really creating space for others um, to have their moment. My husband is a high nine and even in conversations, I have to allow there to be space for him to process because I'm right there, um, ready to move on to the next thing. And, and that doesn't help him feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but honoring what he has to say, his contribution to the table, um, I think plays a huge role in us, um, I think, not putting such high value on who we are mm-hmm. and valuing others. Right. That's great. Okay, so we have a whole pile of questions that are people saying, help, I'm married to a three or yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, that's on you. Mm, thank you. <laughs> let's, see if we can, uh, let's see if we can help these people out. Kate says, as someone who's married to a three and has suffered considerably as a result of their lies and deceit, Oof. how can I love them and celebrate them and their successes when I've been hurt by their actions and I'm unsure of the future of our relationship? Yeah, well, um, 
the future of your relationship, unfortunately, is in their hands. So um, you can't change a person who doesn't want to change. So the three is going to have to come to grips. The three in your life is going to have to come to grips with how their lies just devastate people. And some people, man, um, you know, we've we've had some threes on staff here that, you know, still, I they're not a part of our church because I'm just not convinced that they fully grappled with how uh, dishonest they can be. And, um, you know, and they have to really come to grips with that, that, that lies devastate, lies hurt. You know, Satan is the father of lies. And so um, a really unhealthy three is not following Jesus. We're following the devil. So they've got to come to grips with that. And so what I would do is I would just beg them to, to be real and to change and to embrace the truth. Um, you know, pathological lying is, is difficult. Um, I have, I have met people shoot. We've had them on staff. They, they, if you put a gun to their head, they couldn't tell the truth. I, 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 I they lie about things they don't need to lie about. I mean, they lie all the time. Um, a super unhealthy three doesn't even know what the truth is. That's scary. Um, you know, um, I had to tell my parents uh, a couple years ago, I just said, you know, I'm not sure if that story is true or not. I had told it so often, uh, you know, as a kid, I, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you start believing the lies. And I just, I just said, you know, asterisk, <laughs> I'm not sure that happened, you know, um, because I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember what the truth is because I've been selling this this story, and that's a little awkward, you know, when you're like, yeah, I don't know that that happened. But, but again, as a three, run to the truth, run to the truth, run to the truth. So her question was, you know, I've been hurt so often, and so what you need to pray for is health, and for them to really get in touch with their feelings and their heart, um, you know, that three in your life has adapted, and, and the lie they're believing is people are impressed with how I look, and the truth is that's a lie. People are imp- impressed with who you are. And that's the core lie of the three is if I just wrap myself in this, people are going to love me. And no, the truth is we, we we do love you. I mean, people love threes. We're drawn to threes. We, we're inspired by threes. You know, threes challenge us and change us. And so try to really help that three get at the core shame because the shame is the motivator for lying. If you knew the truth, you wouldn't love me. You wouldn't stay with me. And, and what's so sad is this three is missing that their lies are actually making things worse. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it better. It, you know, um, you know, if you're a three and you're lying to the people that love you, it's not real. Yeah. It's not real. And, and love first and foremost demands reality. It just does. And so the three has to embrace that, right? Love rejoices when the truth wins out. It might be painful, but love is celebrating truth, mm-hmm. not lies. And, um, so I, I, my heart goes out to you, um, you know, um, just know that as, as bad as this three is hurting you, they're hurting themselves more Mm. and, uh, try to be compassionate towards them, but you're going to have to draw some really, really firm lines and hold to those. And, uh, sometimes the only way threes learn is a brick wall. So, um, I'll be praying for you. I am so sorry. And, uh, you know, what's so tragic here is this three in your life. Um, was made to be used by God for glory. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead, they've been pummeled by lies. And, um, you know, their life is never going to be what what has been called to be. But um, you just have to get to that shame component. You know, what what is it in their life that they think is so ugly that they have to cover? Mm-hmm. And if you can get them to expose that and say, here's what happened. and uh, And so, you know, just working through my wife and I, 
my wife knows my darkest, deepest secrets. And she knows, she knows the things about me that I'm ashamed of. And she loves me. Mm-hmm. I, she loves me. Um, you know, my wife and I sometimes will talk about things that only we know mm-hmm. about each other. Only we know. Mm-hmm. And at the core of our relationship, it's grace that unlocks intimacy. Yeah. Here's, here's what you know about me and you love me anyways. And, um, um, you know, it's, there's, there's beauty in confession. And again, we don't tell everybody everything, but man, if you're married, that's where you need to, you need yeah. to share it all. Um, because what we all want, and I think the three wants intimacy. We want yeah. connection. We're just not good at it. Yeah. So, you know, you have to trust that process. And, um, you know, so if you're a one and you're married to a three, you're really, really going to have to work on grace mm-hmm. because uh, the three is terrified of you. So just know that you're really, really going to have to not resort to anger, your core sin, and really, really embrace, right? Because um, you got to save your shoulds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to yeah. save them. Yeah, I would, I would say that trust is the, is the foundation for all relationships. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like trust has been broken. And so uh, what I would say to, what's the person's name? Kate. Kate. Kate is that there needs to be a path forward towards reconciliation. And that would be the, the work and the prayer is how do, how do I have reconciliation with, is it her husband? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, you know, God help us to reconcile, restore, and maybe even uh, rebirth a, a new marriage. Um, and so seek help, seek help through uh, counseling, seek help through soul care here at the church. Um, but there has to be a path forward to, uh, to reconciliation. Yeah. And Kate, be willing to look at yourself, mm-hmm. right? It's not just this three who's broken. You, you, for whatever reason, have been drawn to this person. Uh, maybe you're codependent. Maybe, you know, there, there's some unhealth in you. It's in all of us. And, uh, you know, it's like the big joke, you know, Tammy and I went away to counseling to help her. Well, I was a mess. Yeah. I was a total and absolute mess because I was blind to my own issues. And we all are. It's why Jesus says, first take the log out of your eye so you can help your brother with the speck that's in their eye. So if we want to be of use to the people that we love, we have to be willing to do self-work and do self-growth. And so what are the things that I'm doing that make it easier for this person to lie rather than to embrace the truth? And so that's why, you know, I picked on the one a little bit. I've I've really got to have a big box for grace, Mm -hmm. a big, big, big box for grace, because uh, if your spouse is a three, they are not perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, They are the the opposite of that. And so you just really, really need to, uh, and threes can really hurt you because they're, we're drawn to threes because of their potential. Oh my gosh, this person. And then there's reality. And, and if it's like this and they're, and they're unhealthy, it's ugly. It's not beautiful. It is gross ugliness and it wounds and it hurts not only you, Kate, but this person. It's hurting themselves. And um, it's just tragic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and let me just say this to all of, of, of the personality types. It's easy to be broken. That's why the world is broken. It's easy. We don't have to work at sin. It mm-hmm. just happens. We have to work at health. We have to work at righteousness. We have to work at doing good. Um, like if you're raising your kids, it's easy to not study. It's easy to want to sleep in. It's easy to not do the things you need to do to exist and support yourself. That's why, and our culture is not honest about that. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, all the, you know, poverty is growing. All of these problems are growing in our society because nobody's honest. It's hard work to do good. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. We're not naturally drawn to it. We're naturally drawn to the things that we shouldn't do and we've forgotten 
you know, those old stories and those old tale, those old tales about pursuing that, which is good. You know, the Bible verse, do not grow weary in doing good for in due season, you will reap if you don't give up. Well, why would that verse be there? Because sometimes we're just, we're just, man, we're, we keep doing good. We keep doing good. And it's like, what's the point? Look at all these idiots. They're doing what they want to do. Mm. Well, don't give up because those idiots are going to a place mm. you don't want to go. So. Don't you think that the the threes uh, operate more in the gray versus maybe ones operate more in the, the black and yeah. white? And, um, you know, for me, so many times, I I don't care how we get the ball in the end zone. Yeah. I just want to make sure we get the ball in the end zone. Right. If, if I'm you're not work- cheating, you're not trying hard right. enough. Yeah. yeah. If, I'm, if I'm working with a one, they want to talk about how we're going to get there and getting there the right way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I don't care how we get there. I just, are we going to get the ball in the end zone? Mm-hmm. We are. Okay, good. I'm, I'm moving on to the next yeah. thing, you know? And so... But that's part of, of, of us working together, empathizing with one another, mm-hmm. that we're just wired differently. Right. But I, I know for me, I op- operate a lot in, in the gray area um, and not so much in the black and white. It has to be done this exact yeah. way. And it's okay to be in the gray, but it's not okay to be dishonest. Right. Yep. So that's what we have to notice. Is so, yeah. so if you're a one, the beauty of the three in your life is they're going to help you understand like, look, it's okay. The, the gray is not scary. It's okay. We can be over here because yeah. there's not a black and white for everything. If you're one, you believe that there's not. It's not always this or that. Yeah. So, so, some, I mean, it's there. Just there's just difficulties and there are nuances in life where the three helps us be there. The problem is the three can live in the gray and make excuses and actually be in a lie. That's right. Yeah. So, but it's why I embrace yeah. working with ones. But I, yeah. I, I need yeah. them to help me. Yeah. I really do, and I've I've come to embrace ones even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, here's an anonymous question. She says, my husband scored as a strong three. As a wife of three, I sometimes feel like a burden as I'm getting in the way of him accomplishing his goals. He goes 100 miles an hour, and the kids and I are in the minivan struggling to keep up at 65 miles an hour. How do I encourage... Is this my wife? Did she submit this question? (laughs) How do I... You don't have a minivan anymore, dude. We we had multiple minivans. I'm jealous of your life. Which, by the way, hurt my image. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I have a gold minivan that I drive. What are you saying? That's true. It's hurting your image. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... Yeah, my kids are a little anymore. That's awesome. Just step up from the side. I have health in that area. I really am not concerned about it. How do I encourage my three... wisdom. Yeah, that's right. How do I encourage my three to slow down or even just rest? Mm. Yeah. Uh, you have to demand it. Mm. So um, you you have to demand it. You know, I know with Dan, uh, we've had to really work on vacation mm-hmm. and and stopping. And so part of the problem, especially when you love what you do and you enjoy what you do and you feel like you're working for God, um, I mean, you have to you have to remind ourselves that God, when He created the heavens and the earth for six days, right? Everything He did was good. He still stopped and rested. And so we have to do that. And um, the way you challenge your three is they'll be more successful if they can stop and rest. And um, and again, what is success? Success is the, the family in the minivan coming alongside and, and being a part. And so, um, you know, my favorite part of watching a president get elected, it just is, and I just love it, is when they celebrate and their family mm-hmm. comes up mm-hmm. and there's crying and there's hugging and, and they're all a part of that. And so for me, I don't want to do this on my own. Um, I, I, I want I want I want to be a part of that. Um, you know, Tammy and I we went to uh, D.C. two weeks ago, and and again we you know we had to talk about what are the things that we want to do. And my wife's a six, and so she's afraid we're going to miss out. I'm a three. We have to do everything. Um, so we talked about that. And one of the things she really wanted to see was the dresses of every president's wife hmm. at their inaugural ball. I 
never would have even thought about that. Uh, I didn't, well, they have a collection. Yeah, yeah. that's but a thing. What, what convicted me is behind all of these men have been incredibly great women who've done amazing things Preach. and contributed mm. powerfully. Um, and the one who gets no notoriety because she went a little nuts at the end, but it's Abraham Lincoln's wife mm. and how she um, really challenged him and, and, and the way that she helped him navigate probably the most difficult time in our nation's history when we actually fought a war because we couldn't agree. And um, it just was really amazing. And so, I, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, America has not always treated women well, but I like the fact that in the Smithsonian, they get it. That it, it right it it took it took a family to get there, and um, I, I want to make sure that at the end, you know, it's my wife and I in a rocking chair in our depends talking about what God did, Amen. and and I don't you know I, my prayer is that there's not another gal there next to me that it's her, and um, you know that um, you know I when I'm old I won't be able to um, control my bladder but I'll be able to control my story. You know of what God did, and, and and so it's just knowing it's helping your three to understand that success is family, success is God. Like those things are successful. The three has to be challenged on their definition of success. It's not another million dollars in the bank, or another restaurant, or another car, or another house. Or I mean, threes get so caught up in stuff, and um, you know, for me. My goal is to give a million dollars to this church. That's my financial goal. A lot of people have a goal of making a million dollars. I want to give a million dollars to this church. And Tammy and I, we've given about $300,000 to this church. Now we've been here 20 years. So that's that's where that money's come from. Um, you better pick up the pace, buddy. I know. Well, <laughs> I need to make more money. So, uh, But the goal of making more money is not for myself, but it's to give to the church. And so, And my wife has joined me in that. Um, you know, we're getting ready uh, this next year to probably do a giving campaign again as a church. And I've already been telling my wife, you know, what 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 do you want to do? Um, because I need her to be a part of that. Because my three, right, you know, jumps out there. And so I got to bring her along. And I want her to celebrate in the struggle with me. Um, the reality is we're just different. Um, I used to pressure my wife to do an Ironman. That's stupid. It's stupid. Um my wife's job is to celebrate me while I do them. That's what she does. She's a great cheerleader. She's alongside. She makes sure that, you know, um, if I vomited and diarrhea all over myself at the end, that mm -hmm. um, I can be cleaned up. Mm -hmm. um, that she could find someone to help you get cleaned she, up. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what she did? Yeah, Bob Stockton, actually. Yeah, there's a guy in our church, man, uh, who got in the shower with me to help get the vomit off my back. Right. Oh, that's a friend. Right. That is that a friend. Is a my friend wife was life. like, my wife was like, yeah. She's like, I'm out. You and Bob are in the shower. So I, get, I step out of the shower and Bob goes, um, you need to get back in. And I'm like, why? He's like, uh, there's puke on your back. I'm like, how do I get my own vomit on my back? Well, that's how a three pukes very successfully. So, um, so just know that, you know, you know, part of the three is not getting everybody to do what you do. It's, it's, it's allowing your success and your drive. Just, just let it be you. That's how God's wired you and all of the personality types. The sin is thinking everybody should be the same way. You know, if you're a nine, it's a sin for, you know, everybody to think that you need to meditate and hang out. Right. That's, that's, the, that's not what's going to happen. So we've got to connect. And so, you know, Tammy and I, like on vacations, she knows I can sit in the beach chair for so long and I'm going to give you everything I have. Mm. I cannot do it all day. I cannot sit in that chair and read Us Magazine 
all day. I don't care what the Kardashians are doing. I could care less. Uh, so we need to be playful. We need to do something. We're going to be in the water together. But the best places for us is somewhere where I can go surf until my arms fall off. We come in, we go eat together, uh, and then we hang out to each other because I'm physically exhausted. And we sit there, and but I can't take as much sun as she can. She's man, she she can take. I, I'm like I'm done. <laughs> so that girl can man, she can sit there all day. So it's just literally understanding that people are different from you. And part of being a successful three is understanding how your spouse is wired, how your kids are wired, and helping them to be the best they can be within whom they are. And a three is just, it's just different, you know. Um, you know, I don't know what you guys are going to do tomorrow. I'm going to be running a half marathon. That's what I'm doing before I come to work. Mm, yeah. That's not normal. And I need to understand that. That's not normal. That's a little weird. <clears throat> right? Yeah. So. yeah. Um, you know, for Annie Moss here, I was just going to say, um, I, I'm a three. I've got a wife and I have four kids in the minivan. So take that, your husband. Um, <laughs> I, I think you're in the best position of anybody to really, really help him slow down and encourage. I, I was thinking, I, I, if I were to do an inventory of my relationships, I don't feel like, I don't know how you guys feel. I don't feel like I have any relationship where there, where I just feel like, oh yeah, that person's totally satisfied with me, who I am right now and as I am. So even in my relationships with my family, with my kids, I never feel like we've done enough or accomplished those things. So when Lindy um, said, encourages me when she points out things to be thankful for the small little things and helps me see and notice and shows me that she's happy and satisfied mm-hmm. um, with just me, with just our family as it is right now. It's really, really helpful for the breathing thing. And there's nobody else who can do that in this particular context. Mm-hmm. So I, I, there's a lot of, I mean, I, th- I feel your burden coming through this question, but I also feel like you have a really incredible opportunity. Yeah, to, you just to have to change. learn to, you know, uh, at the end of the sermon, we talked about how to love a three. You have to be real with them. You know, I think about, um, actually, this person doesn't think they're a three. They think they're a one. Um, I think they're wrong. I think they're a three, and they're a very unhealthy three. And they their, their drive for achievement literally comes first in everything and all things. And, um, you know, their family's the cans. And it's just literally bing, 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 bing. And this person is clueless to, and just missing it, just mm-hmm. absolutely missing it. And, you know, threes need people that love them to speak truth into their life and say, um, you know, I've been, sorry guys, I've been to counseling a lot in my life, but we, you know, <laughs> Tammy and I, we used to go to this counselor and um, she would just ask me, um, and, and just so you guys know, I, I, I like to choose a female counselor because I understand dudes pretty well. I am not really good with the feminine species. So I try to choose a We're female counselor so yeah. that they can they can catch what I'm missing. And that's that's been very helpful mm-hmm. for me. So not that male counselors aren't great. Love you guys. I just think it's really, really important. Um, oftentimes, especially if guys, if you're struggling in a relationship with women to get a female counselor. Um, so I, I just remember she just asked me, what are you willing to pay? What are you willing to pay? And this is before I knew I was a three. It's before I knew the Enneagram. And she would just tell me there's a cost to what you what, to what you want. There's a cost. Are you willing to pay that cost? Are you willing to pay that cost? And what she was getting at is if I continued on my pace, I was going to lose my family. I was going to lose my kids. And I don't want to lose those things. I don't want that to happen. And so what I've had to do is adjust my pace so that my wife can run with me and my kids can run alongside me. I have to adjust. Um and let my nuttiness be things that only I do. So, uh, you know, the Iron Man thing, 
I think I'm hoping that that's we're wrapping that up. But um, you know, just other things. You know, um, I need to work out every day. I don't need everybody else to do that. You know, no matter where we go, no matter what we're doing, I'm going to be at the gym every day. Mm-hmm. I I don't need to be Captain Judgy and judge everybody else who doesn't do that. So uh, my wife loves yoga. So if I want to connect with her, I'm going to go do that. Which it's fun. Justin, what I, I would say is again this t- to this wife helping her husband to reframe success. Mm-hmm. Because he he sounds like he's really struggling with the right idea of success, and so if she can help him to uh, even write that down, like what is success in your life? What does success look like from a legacy standpoint? And then help him to understand if if how he's living his life aligns mm-hmm. with that, and if it doesn't, maybe he could see that that oh man, I'm I'm putting all my time and energy into work, and very little to no time and energy into my family. That doesn't align with with my goals of uh, loving my family, leading them to Jesus, et cetera. And so helping them to craft out what does success look like and then see if they're living their life in a way that's aligned with that, I think is really huge. I had a huge aha moment going back to, to August. I'll tell a quick story. Um, for six, Lori and I have been married for about 17 plus years. And for 16 and a half years, she would tell me when I got home from work that you're not present. Mm. You're not present. You're not here. She'd tell me, uh, you need to engage. You're here, but you're not here. I need you engaging with family. I need you doing things. And um, and I really dismissed that for a long time, uh, for about 16 and a half years. And then we started having some really difficult things happening at home in August. And um, and I realized like the light bulb went off, like I'm the only person that can jump in and really help uh, support, serve, and care for, and lead my family in this unique way. And um, And I realized that going back all these years, she's been telling me um, you're not engaged. You're not present. She even wrote uh, on a chalkboard on the wall that love love is being present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And she put it up on the wall uh, when I sat down in my brown leather lazy boy that she she's hated for, I don't know, 10 years that she's wanted to burn. She'd put this uh, chalkboard up on the wall in the living room right across from where my mm-hmm. lazy boy uh, sat. Nice. And I still didn't get it. Like <laughs> yeah. I still didn't get that. I, and it was because as a three, man, I'm working so hard. I'm achieving, you know, um, when I walk in the door, I'm going to bring in all the dragons I've slayed for the day uh, to, to demonstrate what, what I've done. And so I justified um, not being present. I justified um, not being engaged with my family until I realized, going back to August, man, I, I have to be present for my family's health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And it really took that moment for me to understand, man, I've got to be present. I've got to be engaged. And I need to redefine, again, reframing success. Success was being the best dad that I can be, even more than being the best boss or manager and leader mm-hmm. that I could be at work. So mm-hmm. if she can help her husband, again, reframe what is success for you and then try to help him align, is his life, what he's doing, is it in line with that definition? Yeah. Um, man, that's good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that as threes, we're so future-oriented, we just wrestle being present. And my, my whole life, I've been that way. I'm like, I'm running out of time. I mean, now I'm 46 years old. I'm halfway done. I mean, I'm literally like, man, we're almost, this is almost, yeah. it's almost a wrap. You know, I'm like, I'm almost done. I got to, I got to accomplish all these things. And so I'm just not present. And so really working on being present um, with my wife, with my kids, um, trying to connect with them, you know, the, the way that they want to connect individually. Um, and I just think that that's so important and not being tired. So part of the three is, um, mm-hmm. 
the, the, the big reason I, I, I want to be done with Ironmans is I think that I'm so tired, I'm not present. Yeah. And so it affects me. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't have the physical energy to be with them. And that's just, a, that's a negative thing. Um, oh man, I was going to say something that was so good. I think Go one, one thing that I have found helpful with Dan and our marriage too is to let him in on what's going on in my head, kind of the next step down the road. Cause I, I, I find myself, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing right now, because it's going to lead to the next thing that I need to do. The next mm-hmm. thing I do, which the end result is going to be ta-da. And I can often leave him behind. And so even talking about, Hey, I'm doing this because this is the next step. And this is the next step like in tandem with each other. Like, is that the pace that you want to go? Mm. Or, or can we go that way together? Just because in marriage, the, the partnership aspect is so important. And if mm. one, one of us is leaving anybody behind, it's not healthy yeah. in any way, shape or form. So we even just had a conversation the other day. He was like, if you had just told me kind of what you were thinking and where you were going, it, I'm on board. Totally fine. But you left me out. You left mm. without bringing me with <clears> you <throat> in that moment, um, which again goes back to the being present, you know, mm-hmm. honoring each other. Um, and, and the rest component, I think too, I mean, I can't, I can't speak high enough about how important that is and how hard it is. Yeah. We were on our 25th wedding anniversary in August and I promised him that I, thank you, but that, that we wouldn't bring work. We would, I would not check my phone a bunch and I would sneak it. I would totally, <laughs> he would like go in another room or whatever. And I would grab my wow, phone. I mean, and then I would close it real quick and I'd put, so but at the core, it was like, why could we're on this beautiful beach, yeah. 25 years of celebrating. What else am I craving yeah. other than this moment mm. that this moment isn't satisfying? What is wrong in me that I can't just be okay with this. And it, 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 mm-hmm. it wrecked me because it was, yeah. it was bigger than I need to check my email. Yeah. I think the cell phone may be the greatest enemy of Sabbath sure. in the history oh, of yeah. the world. You yeah. know, one of the things that Tammy and I were talking about is I used to be so much better at resting and disconnecting. And, and we really looked at when that changed and it's when cell phones came in. Yeah. Cause we used to go on vacation and we would go to Big Sur and we'd be down in a Canyon. You'd have to walk to a pay phone or to get a newspaper. Mm-hmm. And we would do that for two weeks, and we were what's just, a newspaper? Yeah, we were just completely lost. <laughs> so, what's a payphone? <laughs> yeah. So, man, we need that. We need uh-huh. to completely disengage and disconnect, mm-hmm. and um, and and we just we just don't we just don't yeah. do that. Uh, real quick, we I think we tend to normalize our unhealth. Mm-hmm. We normalize and we justify our unhealth, and so um, just going back to uh, this person that's asking the question about her husband. You know, he's normalized working too much, working too hard, leaving the family behind, and he's probably justified it because I'm a provider, I'm doing these great things, whatever. And so, and that's why the Enneagram is so powerful. That's why the series is so Mm -hmm. powerful, because it can help us no longer normalize the things that are unhealthy in our life. Mm. And that's that's where breakthrough lives. You know, when when we start to say, hey, this is unhealthy, and I've always sort of just assumed this was okay... I need to break the cycle. I need to start becoming more healthy. The Enneagram is really helping us un- uncover what is that unhealth and no longer normalize it. Yeah, so all okay. of the personality styles struggle with narcissism when they're unhealthy. The three exceptionally struggles. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a real, real battle. And so for the three, narcissism shows up in what we do. Yeah, It's really an unhealthy love of self. Yeah. And, and a sinful love of self. And so I'm going to put my needs for success over everyone else. And that's really, really ugly. 
And it's it's really wounding to the people that that need you. Mm-hmm. I hope some of you guys have been watching us on YouTube. I love the irony of you talking about the sinful love of self wearing your hashtag Matt Brown was right t-shirt. You literally said this, a sinful love of self. And you, you tapped the slogan on your shirt. Yeah. That is uh, Just um, for those of you who are watching, I did not buy this shirt for myself. But someone who I said, I am right. And one day when you are wrong, you're going to buy me a shirt that says hashtag Matt Brown was right. And that person had to buy me this shirt. That's awesome. Well, hey, uh, Pastor Dan, Christina, thank you for being on the show. That was awesome. Thanks for Thanks having, for having us. us. You yeah. guys appreciate you guys. You got it. How do we do? Oh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Dan, Dan did great. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, hey, we're going to, uh, before we let you guys go, well, you can you can leave now, but I would suggest you don't because uh, our friend Matt Ritchie has put together an awesome song. Uh, he's been doing this for the whole series to encourage and challenge the threes. So. Is it called Liar Liar? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy this from Matt Ritchie, and we'll see you back here next weekend with the fours. Get ready for your feelings. A glass that stained the light to shine. You can see the art, but not the heart inside. A sleight of hand to slight the eye Cause you can't fall what you can't find I'm worth the cause Proven by an empty tomb and bloody cross Truly seen and fully loved For who I am, not what I've done Yarn to spin the tale to tell If all I do is win Maybe then I'll never fail Oh Will it be enough for me? Oh Enough for you to value me Oh Will it be enough to see What you see in me? I'm worth the cost Proven by an empty tomb and bloody cross Truly seen and fully loved For who I am, not what I've done I'm worth the price, I'm worth the cost Proven by an empty tomb bloody cross truly seen and fully loved for who I am not what I've done but will it be enough for me
enough for you to value me? Will it be enough to see what you see in me? I'm worth the price, I'm worth the cost Proven by an empty tomb, bloody cross Truly seen and fully loved For who I am, not what I've done I'm worth the price, I'm worth the cost Proven by an empty tomb and bloody cries Truly seen and fully loved